Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Gordon Holden is the Director Emeritus of the China Institute and a Professor of Political Science at the University of Alberta. He's a former Canadian diplomat stationed both in Beijing and Taipei, which is Taiwan, of course. And as Russia continues its assault on Ukraine, Vladimir Putin appears to be operating, at least with tacit approval of China's President Xi. From the UN voting to, well, kind of close their eyes over Russia's actions to Russia-China combined cyber attacks and concerns that China may sense opportunity here to settle its score with Taiwan and militarily take over the island and absorb it into China. What are the options Beijing is considering now? What are they thinking about doing? What might they do? Gordon, thank you for joining us. China's relationship with Russia now, or maybe more accurately, Putin's relationship with Xi, how would you describe it? Well, I think it's ultimately a marriage of convenience. Um, they seem to get along, but I don't think either side, these are people who um, see their counterparts in other large countries as their buddies so much as this is in our interest if you're russia or this is in our interest if you're xi jinping um we can make some common cause here to a mutual benefit but i think there's a little bit of wariness there as well but for now i think with this strong western reaction uh, putin to some extent has been thrown on to the um mercies of of xi because Putin, presumably, you could argue, is now in a weaker position, particularly vis-à-vis its economy. Uh, China um, is, an offer, is in a position to offer him some of the things he needs. So it's, uh, I think they're bonded together. I don't think either side cares about the fact that they're not democratic. They certainly don't. It may actually be an attraction. And I think they, can, they already are benefiting each other in significant ways, particularly economic, but military as well. So you, uh, you you understand China, you understand the government, you understand the way they do business. You you were stationed there as a Canadian diplomat, a senior Canadian diplomat. You were also stationed in Taiwan. Um, Xi's plans, what are his interests? I mean, we, we know for generations now, or at least since Taiwan declared its own independence, which China has never acknowledged, but for, for all these years, they have made noises about wanting to take over Taiwan, that it's part of, their, of mainland China. It's part of their country. They're going to get rid of those people who are in charge in Taiwan and, 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 and challenging and, and getting in the way, obstructing the reunification of China. Do you, do you think there's a possibility here, depending on the actions of the West in the Ukraine-Russia situation, that there's a possibility that Xi may say, this is our chance, we're going to take it? Well, there's certainly always a possibility. They have built up uh, an extraordinary military force, thousands of missiles on the coast of Fujian, just opposite uh, Taiwan. They have um, amphibious units. They have uh, a very large air force, and they have very capable PLA units. Uh, it's not easy, however, to cross a a large body of water, far larger than the diff, diff, than the English Channel, for the um, crossing of the uh, D-Day. Uh, against an opposed shore with opposing troops, that's not always an easy thing. It's a risky thing. I think that she wants to calculate this very finely. A miscalculation or stumble um, could cost him his position, potentially, or weaken his position at the minimum. 
uh, and potentially bring China into into a broader war. He's a cautious guy. I know that uh, he's emboldened by his strength now, but you can't make a list of 18 countries, or eight for that matter, that China's invaded. They have built their strength, particularly in the South Pacific, it's true, uh, but they are watching for opportunities. And it's hard to know which way the, the Ukraine uh, crisis pushes. You could argue that seeing the strength of Western reaction pulling together, uh, that she might say, whoa, I don't want this to happen to our economy, which is very much export dependent. Or, But you could also say, here you have a situation where Putin threatens nuclear war. If anybody interferes, he might think, well, if I were to invade Taiwan, I could make the same threat and people would be afraid to intervene. So it's you say I understand China is very kind, but it's a very opaque place, and I'm not yet sure that she has made up his mind the lesson from Ukraine. Okay. And, and Taiwan is militarily quite robust. Uh, they have a lot of muscle, don't they? They do. Um, the, the society there, when the, when the Guomindang arrived there in 1949, was very militarized. Most, if not a large percentage at least, of those who came were soldiers. I have found that it's a it's a gentler place now. Um, it's given up any uh, pretense to ruling China or interest in ruling China. It wants to be left alone. It's fairly isolated in some senses. Uh, and they've been doing things like cutting down on conscription. Uh, they have been upping uh, arms purchases, but they don't think that they're militarily ready. I don't think they could last more than a few weeks without assistance from others, and that would really mean the United States. Gordon, it's interesting because both Putin and Xi are dictators. They have elections, but I think they're rigged. So they've portrayed themselves openly, globally, as being very agreeable to decimating and destroying entire populations and those populations' infrastructure. Putin in Chechnya and Syria, now Ukraine, Xi against the Uyghur Muslim population, um, what are they capable of? I guess I'm asking you to project. This is another way of my asking, maybe a question I asked you earlier. What are you expecting from Xi with his buddy Putin in the days, weeks, months ahead? Well, I think um, one I mentioned is that Putin's dependence on China has uh, increased exponentially. Uh, he already sells a lot of oil and gas to China. China's got a massive appetite for both. They get the majority of their external energy from the Middle East by ship. This gives C a much safer, more pipelines, more options from Russia, gives give C a little bit more energy independence and security. Uh, that's, that's outcome one. I think now with Russia being so crimped in its ability to do international trade in a weakened position, however this turns out in Ukraine, uh, I believe that uh, Putin has been careful and the Russians generally, to sell Chinese uh, high-quality armaments, but in modest qualities. China copies some, I'm sure, and produces their own version. But uh, Russia still has superb military technology. And I believe that a more liberal sharing of that Russian uh, technology, both in terms of nuclear forces, but also conventional forces, whole range of top-range jets and, and tanks, etc., could materially strengthen the PLA. So that's a second important outcome. Um, what C will make of the um, what's happening in Ukraine, again, as I mentioned earlier, 
too early to tell. I'm very nervous when those Russian troops, if they do get up against the Polish border, is the West still going to prepare to to smuggle or ship weapons in? Lots of potential there for conflict directly between NATO, between Poland and, and Russia. I think parts of the Chinese hierarchy, including Xi himself, I suspect, are a little bit nervous. I don't think they want a full-scale war in Europe. Uh, they want to build their strength economically and militarily over time, as they have been doing for the last 30 years, and to then, when they're more stronger position, be in a position to deal with issues such as Taiwan and other issues. So I'm, I think it cuts both ways. I think Xi um, and the Chinese will be a little bit nervous at seeing what's happening there and what the potential is for a broader war. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.